and welcome to Barn Banter with Cowboy Andy, the podcast for children's musicians by a children's musician. This time we get to talk to somebody who I just met and it's pretty cool because I've been following her for a few years. Creepy. And they are really uh, different than the music that I produce and I wanted to talk to them about that difference and what that difference means, how you leverage difference as far as styles and tastes and preferences and genres and make a go of it in the children's music world. And so today we get to bring to the barn our new friend, Lucy Kalantari. Hi, Lucy. How are you? Hey, Andy. How are you? I'm good. Oh, good. I'm good. I'm cold. But at the moment, I'm looking at a powdered sugar blizzard outside my window here in Montana. But where you are... That sounds so sweet. Oh, it is. It's so classic. It is. It's just like, (laughs) it's exactly how it looks. And it's going to be eight degrees tonight. (laughs) But you're not in Montana. Where are you and what are you up to today? I'm in Brooklyn, New York. And today it's, it's a slightly warm day. Uh, unusually warm for this time of year and um but yeah i've been let's see i sang for a bunch of babies and toddlers already i recorded and um been doing some arrangements for for a new song i'm producing and um yeah that's it's all been very musicy the reason i wanted to talk to you lucy is because i was hoping you would share your perspective on what it's like to be and this is going to sound kind of weird, but like a non-traditional children's musician, because, and that's not that you, because, uh, because you perform in the genre of jazz Mm -hmm. and not to say that there haven't been other, or there aren't other performers who specifically write and play children's music in that genre. But the fact is it sets, it is set apart from children's music when people say oh she's a children's musician oh yeah she plays jazz it's like oh that's a <laughs> modifier you know it's an adjective <laughs> that you get to carry that's different than you know the other traditional folk players potentially sure i mean and and it i am in really great company like jazzy ash is is really fantastic we were actually just listening to her this morning um and Lori enriquez is just absolutely fabulous too um and there are a few other that that come on uh like oran atkin he has a whole program for for kids teaching kids uh instruments and um uh, in, in jazz, John, like he goes beyond jazz as well. And, um, so I feel really great in in great company and I feel like I'm constantly learning, constantly growing, constantly trying out stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that's the, that's the beauty of really any, any kind of music is, is just like, uh, trying not to feel stagnant, taking each opportunity to, uh, learn or explore a new sound, explore something new, you know, and kind of going, going beyond what, what I had before. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, in, in a sense, like my, my music, the way I started with my first album, where I am now, like the arrangements started getting more and more elaborate and I just started getting more, <laughs> I was just having more fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so I hope to kind of continue that, that trajectory of like just more, elaborate more detailed um kind of sound okay so let's if it's all right let's break this down because there is the how did you get into music how did you get into children's music how did you get into jazz specifically and then how did that roll over so that it became your primary um identifier because you're you know you play with the jazz cats. You have you have that the whole brand that you put forward is deep in that uh, mm-hmm. identity. So uh, give me a if you could give me a couple minutes about the getting into and that whole evolution. Only minutes? Come on, I need all day. Oh no, no, right, we've got right, other things right. to talk about. Uh, can right, put you on the spot on other other areas <laughs> later. I'll do my best. I'll, I'll here's the condensed, somewhat condensed version. Um, I had a baby. My little Darius. And uh, I was writing a song a week. And it turned out that every time I picked up the ukulele, I I would tend to write in this kind of older style. Uh, What 
my my mother-in-law kept saying it's kind of like a speakeasy thing but it's like for kids and <laughs> and it was just just really fun and and my son Darius just responded it to, responded to it so well he loved it when i played the ukulele so by the time i was done with um probably 10 months of writing a song a week um i had a handful of songs and um and some of the parents in my baby group, you know, would ask me to play for their parties and things like that. And my, my husband's just like, you should record these songs. And I'm like, yeah, how? <laughs> With what time? Uh-huh. I've got a baby. And, um, but we did it. And, and it, was, it was just such a spark. You know, it felt so good and so right. You know, after so many years of of playing different types of music, you know, I've done um, industrial music for adults, I've done uh, singer-songwriter for adults, I've done pro- uh, progressive rock and alt-rock, and and all of those have their own, you know, fun, but doing music for children, it, it felt like the most natural, wonderful thing that I've ever done. As I started, uh, as time progressed, I, I realized what, what was going on. And it's just that growing up, I, as a child, listened to um, jazz in cartoon form. <laughs> okay. So it was always in, you know, the backdrop of like, you know, Looney Tunes or uh, Tom and Jerry. There's lots of jazz in Tom and Jerry. Or like uh, we grew up with Three Stooges and Little Rascals and I Love Lucy. So all these old shows, if you listen to them, they have the this this bed of music, this old time jazz, and it stayed. It sort of left a little, you know, planted seeds in me. And so when I, you know, think of joyful things, and that that was the sort of sound that kept coming out. And um, now we're here. <laughs> the differentiation then you didn't go into jazz before having a, a, a baby and working on, and the song a week thing, that was like a, uh, it was a challenge, wasn't, wasn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. How'd you, how'd you come into that? Cause it's a great idea. <laughs> it's um a, a few songwriter friends of mine. They just invited me. And uh, I remember I'm like, uh, I just had a baby. <laughs> 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 and uh, like literally I had just, when they called me, I, uh, Darius was about three weeks old or so. And I'm like, okay, I can do this, but give me another few weeks. And I started, uh, when he was seven weeks old. Mm. So, um, and, uh, the challenge of course was not just to write the song, but also make a video of it so that, um, you know, it's kind of, <laughs> it's a for added pressure. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, So like not, not a music video, but just performing the song that you wrote and, and whatever, if there's a story behind it. And, um, so I did. So the first that you, if you dig it, dig it up on, on YouTube, you could actually find many videos of me and you'll see Darius either on my carrier. Like I play the piano with him on me uh-huh. or you'll hear him cooing and Googling in the background for another, you know, cause that's just what you do. You just bring your baby to everything. Oh yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was one of the best challenges, um, ever, uh, just, because it really kept me immersed making music uh, while I was being a mom. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I realized, oh, you, you don't have to choose one or the other. Or, you know, it's just like we went together. It all went together very seamlessly. Like music just became such an integral part of, of my son's life. Mm-hmm. And, and um be, uh the what you mentioned before about jazz before my son so something peculiar there was a bit of a crossover like my adult stuff um as luciar um i did started going more into like kind of a cabaret feel so there was some hints of like a, i think there was a foreshadow you know mm-hmm. of like what was to come and i i didn't even know what was happening but you know things started feeling right there okay so Mm-hmm. So you were sort of floating or drifting in that vibe, in that direction anyway. and then, Yeah, something was going on there, yeah. yeah. You know, it's 
so there's a couple things that I wanted to kind of dig into, and and part of it is what is jazz, and then the other part of the conversation is do you find any challenges being pigeonholed into a genre when you're trying to play to a more universal crowd? Now, I, uh, we can get deeper into that, that part of it later because I want to learn more from you about what you think or what your definition of jazz is to kind of set the ground rules. And I'll throw out there, it's like, because I listen to all your music and oh, I don't listen thanks. to... A, well, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, because... Still creepy. Because I listen to all your music. Anyway. <laughs> and, I, and I sound really creepy. No. Yep. Uh, but I didn't know about your YouTube videos. Yeah, you videos. started off by saying I've been following her for years. Oh, yeah, exactly. Just. Yes. Like, so lately okay. I've been stalking Lucy, and it's going pretty well, and now I'm on the phone with her. Anyway, uh, You were talking about jazz. Right. So we were talking about jazz and what is jazz. And I'll, I'll throw out there, not as a... a, a confrontation but it's like well isn't jazz just using uh, different instruments to a certain extent to create and and slightly different rhythm or but i don't think that that's where the heart of it lies <laughs> i mean jazz is where your heart is and <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> um okay i i mean everybody has so when people hear the word jazz, um, everybody kind of pictures something different uh, because jazz has really grown so much. It started one way. And when you compare, you know, like the old old swing from the um, from the 20s and 30s to what be, what happened in the 50s and in the 60s, it's a totally different type of jazz uh, to bebop. Like, you know, if. Uh, I, I don't play bebop. <laughs> so if you come in like, you know, thinking you're going to get that, you're not. So, so it's sort of a, it's quite incredible um, how massive a jazz category can be. You know, it's, then you have all the subgenres uh, in between. So um, I kind of tend to focus again on the 20s and 30s, which is jazz age and jazz swing. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is when uh, that was the pop music at the time. So uh, in the 20s, the ensembles were, it was actually weren't even ensembles. They were just really small bands, you know, uh, quartets and so on, where in the 30s, they started getting bigger. The, the, um, the, they became orchestras. They were just bigger. That would, was called the uh, swing era. Mm -hmm. in the 30s and so in that one you have like large bands so entire trumpet you know horn sections and and things so so i kind of dance in between those two what i loved about and what i what i love about this genre again it's like there's sort of this this lightness and joy to to the sound and the melody you know there's just like uh and more importantly the thing that makes jazz jazz more than anything, is the fearlessness of improvisation. Now, I can't say that I'm totally 100% like, I am so fearless and I can drop it down like, you know, but, but that is the practice and that is the fun. That's where it's at. And it's just like, you know, we're constantly reinventing a sound or, or a, um, you know, the, a melody of something, an idea that's, that's in our head. We're trying to refine. Yeah. Refine, elaborate and like, uh, and make it clear. And that's, I think one of the beauties of jazz is that you can take this idea and, and just really draw it out, explore it. You could take this little five, five note melody and then just like go to town and that it's just absolutely fascinating and beautiful from the outside it's kind of intimidating to absolutely to think about that <laughs> because are you familiar with bluegrass at all bluegrass music? oh yeah okay oh yeah, yeah so there's some crossovers from the outside when i look at jazz and i look at bluegrass mm -hmm. because they both require on the surface it would appear and i don't you would speak to this better a high level of technical proficiency with your instrument Mm -hmm. Like you don't step into a bluegrass circle to take a lead on something because, and the leads in bluegrass are usually really consistent. There is some improv and some open jam parts and that's 
that's cool. But if you're playing any of the classics, you usually you have to kind of go note for note to mm-hmm. to nail it. That's sort of the expectation. Mm-hmm. And and I would be happy to be proved wrong in that because that's one of the things <laughs> that keeps me from actually really embracing bluegrass is that intimidation. Jazz kind of seems like the like you were saying about the fearlessness of improvisation is the opposite but you have to be a really solid player and really confident in your skill is that accurate i mean here's the funny thing it's like yeah and no you know it's it's sort of strange because you have to be confident in your ability to let go Okay. How's that for abstract? You know, because it, <laughs> because it, it's like you know, you a lot of people. Um, I mean, the, many receive the incredible training, and and you know, they're really incredible in in their instruments. But then others, they just did it by ear, and and so it's just like, well, is one lesser than the other? Man, they both sound really amazing. So mm-hmm. it's all about like letting go, being in touch with that with that, I don't know, like inner musicality or something. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, I think is the hardest thing. Cause it's just like, you know, don't worry that people are listening or looking at you or any of that. Right. Coming back to like doing this for children, children are incredibly fearless now. And I'm not talking about just like, Oh, they're shy now because da da da. more times than not, I'll see a child who, who will like, okay, I'm feeling this beat. I'm going to stand up and I'm just going to start stomping. Right. And I'm just like, right on, man, do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's like just a small example of, of just like, I don't care who's watching. I don't care what's going on, but I feel this in my soul and I'm going to express it. And that's what it's about. That's jazz. Your material is very well produced. I mean, Oh, it's- thank you. I, I am absolutely a hundred percent surrounded by awesome people. So like I, I wouldn't be able to do this without a really great team. And um, so like what was great over time is that I got to see, you know, I was telling you how, you know, I feel like I'm growing along with it. You know, I started with this little idea, which became pockets full of joy. The first album. Um, and then as each album progressed, I started to see the skill set of my, of my band, of my team. And I'm like, oh, well, you can do this and you can do this. <laughs> so it became mm-hmm. kind of like um, I, I then started writing the part for that person as opposed to just writing a song that requires clarinet. Right. You know, I'm writing a clarinet part that I know Linus can play and he's going to kill it. You know, mm-hmm. that, that became the, and is still very exciting to me because like everybody brings like this, this thing. And so I feel like my job as a songwriter is tapping into that thing that they bring, you know, and it's mm-hmm. just like, how can I make this so that they shine? Their their beamiest shine ever. I'm I'm super blessed with this team. It's really great. Well, it's amazing the sound that you that you come up with. So when you go to write a part for Linus uh, on clarinet, do you sit down and actually write the notes, transcribe the melody line, say, "Yep, I want you to do this and this and follow here, and we're going to put this flourish in here and this part." I don't know. You you come up with something for this, but do you actually write note for <laughs> note what you want him to deliver? <laughs> That's almost exactly what it sounds like. Um, I'll have <laughs> Nailed parts, it. Okay. I'll have parts. I'll have parts that are, uh, you know, very specific. Like do this here, do this here, uh, and write it out. And uh, now nowadays, it's less handwritten and it's more. I have a piece of software called Notion, mm-hmm. and um, which has been quite a game changer for me. <laughs> You know, uh-huh. I'm just like, wow, it makes editing so much easier rather than like, oh, I have to add a measure here. What do I, how could I push these other things down? Uh, so it's like, yeah, digital. 
so that's been really great. And it's like, again, there's like space for improv, which is like, that's where, where it shines, you know? So I'll put down, uh, so I'll have, you know, a melodic motif, something here, and then I'll write down like, uh, you know, here are the chord changes and here you do your, your little solo or improv, a little flourish here in cases of the trumpet, say like an arrangement of, of a trumpet and clarinet, I want to make sure that what they're doing is is dancing together and singing together. So I I'm particular about what they're playing, and then again I'll leave the space like okay over here you could do whatever you want, do this little flourish, um, you know, or or not. Are you afraid of the dark in that track? You know, I had <laughs> that chart is funny. I'm like, all right, solo. Um, with a uh, mute on the trumpet, and I, I wrote like cool jazz. You <laughs> 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 started laughing. I'm like, you know, man, it's cool. You're being cool. You know, like <laughs> I'm not even putting quotes around it, man. You should just know that's a thing. Cool. <laughs> and then uh, there, there was like some other parts where I'll say guttural sounds. This needs to be like and. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, um, and this is again, like with time, I started to feel more and more confident about what I'm saying and what I'm doing, because just like anything else, it, it's experience and time to make you feel like I got this. <laughs> right. Do you feel like you become more controlling as time is going on, as you start to envision the exact sound that you want, or are you loosening up? Uh, yes, all of the above. Okay. They're a lot more controlling and, and loose. So like, uh, loose in the sense that I know when, when it's just like, this is the guide. And, you know, because again, with jazz, it's just like, this is your space to improv. So make sure I give the space, but then like more controlling in the sense, like I see it, I hear it. Let's write this down and make it happen. Cool. Okay. She made it happen right here on All the Sounds. That was the 2019 Grammy Award-winning album by uh, Lucy Kalantari and the Jazz Cats. Here's the song she was talking about, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Featuring Secret Agent 23 Skidoo. Are you afraid of the dark? No! Afraid of the dark? No! Afraid of the dark? No! Are you afraid of the dark? No! Afraid of the dark? No! Afraid of the dark? No! Starlight without the dark night It's part of life to see the shadow get cast And if you understand your fears You can battle them fast I'm having a blast Things be looking grand since I took a stand Cause I refuse to be my own boogeyman Are you afraid of the dark? No! Afraid of the dark? No! Afraid of the dark? No! Are you afraid of the dark? No! Afraid of the dark? No! Afraid of the dark? No! Can you turn that bad into something good? Can you rise above the 
like a different version for live too so like uh you know whether there's like extra breaks uh where there's i try to give as much room for audience participation so one of my favorite styles one of my favorite things to do in in this uh in this genre i think of like um some of my big inspirations are like cab calloway Louis Armstrong, Billie Holiday, something about cab, you would do, there would be a lot of call and response, mm-hmm. which was really fun. You know, that suddenly this band that's playing all this music and the stuff, they're like shouting out, you know, it's just like, hey, mm-hmm. and um, he's known, uh, probably his biggest song, cab, was uh, uh, Minnie the Moocher. Yep. Howdy, howdy, and it was just really really fun and i was just like this is so cool what that does it gives the opportunity of of people who are listening and and to not just be an audience not just be a passive listener they suddenly become part of the band because the band is singing the same thing as i'm as i'm directing and so you know bubbly bop bubbly bop and they're like bubbly bop bubbly bop mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and it's uh, it's required in children's music to to break that fourth wall. I mean, the, yeah. there's almost no performers who stand up and just do and then walk off the stage. It's all about that's the expectation. I think that when you go to a when you're going to see a family friendly show like that, that you're gonna be asked to move and dance and sing and participate yeah. to a certain extent and be part of it. That's like um, so. One of the things uh, when I try to present it, I'm, I'm like, "Can you be jazz cats with us?" And they're like, "Yeah," <laughs> you know, because I want them to feel like they are part of the band. They are contributing to the music. It's not just that they're, you know, they're just having fun, like and and dan- which they I that is a requirement. You must have fun. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But then. <laughs> Without their participation uh, in singing, it just wouldn't be as exciting. So I need them to sing. <laughs> right. And that, that's been a lot of fun to, to see that. You know, we get to participate in this performance and this show together. You know, we're sprinkling joy with our music, which is something I, I truly believe that that is like what all children's musicians do. You know, we're we're bringing this light and this joy into all these everyone's lives. So when we're there at, at the show and and we're doing this stuff, I'm like, look at your neighbor, give them high five. You guys are great. They're like high fiving, and that it's sort of like that that wall you were talking about. You know, it's just like it's not just the wall of performer to audience. It's just like there's see the audience member, the the now friend before they were they were a stranger, now they're a friend. You know, how do how do we make it so that we're all feel like we are in this together? Like right. we are participating in this show and taking part of like we are part of the band and we're all comrades, you know? Mm-hmm. This music has pushes me there and and wants me it I feel like it, it calls me to keep going there and keep pushing further like how can I I bring children into the band <laughs> more so okay so we're going to start moving now drift to the conversation in a different way because that okay. what you're talking about is like yeah that's children's music that's what we're it doesn't matter what genre you're in theoretically that's the that's the gift that we get to give and receive mm-hmm. is that feedback when you see kids eyes bright attentive and into it and that's i mean that's it's that's why I do it. And because I like to play <laughs> yes. the guitar really loud. Uh, so so I'm curious about your, if you think that because 
of the music style that you're playing, does that engage children at a different level than if you were playing folk or if you were playing uh, hip hop or if you were just playing, um, you know, I straight like down think... the middle children's pop, pop tunes? I mean, music always triggers a, a certain part of the brain, always, regardless of what genre it is. But there's definitely like different sounds. There's like the different sound and textures that that they're suddenly taking in these days it's probably not that common for children to be listening to a clarinet solo for example ukulele probably they've listened to it right guitar sure but now we're introducing like different different colors now they see bass certainly they've seen electric basses might have seen you know uh, upright basses, sure. Have you heard a bass solo? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe not. You know, so like, I feel like we're we're definitely exposing different things, different sounds. I don't like to say that it's like better or worse or anything like that, but it's just like, uh, just like everything else, opening the mind up to all the different possibilities of what music can do. You know, I feel like that's that's what we're doing there too. Mm-hmm. Some of your material sounds or reminds me a lot of, I guess, oh, I'm doing air quotes, gypsy music. I mean, there's Ooh. that dark tone to it that's kind of creepy. I mean, you play really well <laughs> into this, too, with the Halloween songs that you come up with. And but the but that feel, you know, you get somebody who's using the brushes on the snare and then you put a clarinet in there and you're suddenly you're creating this whole mood that mm. is sinister in a fun sort of like wicked way and and, and <laughs> you're speaking my language Andy. well but, and i think that i think that children are are drawn to that and that's one of the things about jazz just with the voices that you use you can paint that picture in a really specific kind of cool way and this is the crossover part where it's like okay so now you're a jazz musician playing for children what's that like how is how's that do you feel like you get do you get pigeonholed into being a jazz performer because you guys have the whole stage look and presence you know stand up bass i mean it's a production so how does that work when it comes time to get gigs you know pros and cons has it helped you do you think or you ever find any blowback on that the pros have been it's quite specific as you mentioned which is that's great for me cuz I really, I mean, I enjoy it so much. So it's, that's great. So people know what they're getting. To your point before, like children dig the sound. I know my, my son dug it at the beginning when I would, you know, doodle and write my songs while he was, you know, in a carrier or, or his little bobbing chair. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to keep the arrangements, as I mentioned, they get, they've been getting more elaborate, but they they do stay kind of like a smaller smallish <laughs> ensemble, you know, and I think it's enough. It's digestible. It's digestible to children and sophisticated for adults. And it's just like everybody feels it and everybody's happy mm-hmm. on the flip side. So the con part is what we talked about before when, um, people expect like what type of jazz do they expect? Ah. And, and I, I think that's where, where it's just like, you know, again, I'm I'm sitting in a very specific era and area, and this is what feels good to me and feels right. Some people might expect something more like, again, <laughs> bringing back with bebop. It's just like, well, you're not going to get bebop. Hmm. Sorry, mm-hmm. but Could you, okay. So, <laughs> give me, can you give me an example of a contemporary bebop performer? Oh, contemporary? Um, uh... No, not necessarily contemporary. <laughs> <laughs> Can you answer uh, an impossible question for me? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Did I just tell you that I don't listen to the? Uh, so like Charlie Parker, okay, the, the bird. Yeah. So like, um, he he is like when people think bebop, people think the bird. People think Charlie Parker, and I'm like, um, and he was incredible, like genius level insanity, and I'm like, uh, mm. I'm not gonna do that, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> just fyi (laughs) i don't i don't see that as see this is this is a funny thing that i that would phrase it as a con Mm -hmm. i don't see that as a negative because i see you know i'm doing the thing that i know like speaks to me to the core of my heart and it's just like 
I'm doing it the, the sincerest way possible. And I, I've been exploring, like pushing further out. I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe in a, in three albums more, maybe I'll, I'll make it to, to bebop. But, um, but like, so recently, you know, what you were talking about, you asked me before, you know, how, what's it like, you know, how children taking in this, this jazz music. So my son lately, now granted, he's been exposed to like everything. He's, he gets different jazz subgenres. He gets, uh, you know, rock, he gets metal, he gets hip hop, he gets like, you know, so classical. He's, he's heard the gamut. Mm-hmm. So like, but lately he's been really into Tom and Jerry. Mm. I've introduced him to Tom and Jerry and introduced him to, I felt like six were <laughs> the dropping of the anvil on somebody's head could still be funny, <laughs> even though it's like violent. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, but it's been fascinating, fascinating to see him watch, like watch him watch these cartoons that I grew up in with through his eyes. I hear him laughing at the top of his lungs. And then like later on, I hear him humming some of the music that was playing in the background. And I'm like, that was me. Mm-hmm. That was it. And that's how it happened. And it was just really funny because I'm like, what is it? Now, I can't tell you, you know, any scientific, you know, the scientific breakdown, like why that is, why that music is so like, is it because it was accompanied by those visuals that were really funny? So it stayed with us, you know, or there's something about these, these pitches, these melodies, or this, these arrangements. And there he is, you know, totally singing it. And it was great. I mean, this goes like, uh, you know, they do a lot of classical as well. And mm-hmm. so there's just, it's just captivating, you know, it's, it's fascinating to see children taking these sounds that, many might equate to adult music right you know maybe you know this is old old stuff that only you know older folks like whether it's jazz or classical it's just like well no kids kids can take it man (laughs) well and it's that idea of a curated taste you know well Mm -hmm. i don't like jazz i'm just not into it and and then on the other side they're the jazz elites who know everything about everything and you know and that was that was one of my i was wondering if when you when you do a live performance afterwards if you get any parents coming up because i don't think the kids are ever going to be disappointed but the parents (laughs) coming up being like oh i thought you were going to do jazz you know it's like uh (laughs) you know i don't know that's probably that probably never happens no i mean so far like um like as someone who's not been trained in jazz, uh, that, that is a, you know, back to the beginning where we started, where it's just like about letting go, being fearless. You know, there's always part of me that I'm just like, uh, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Oh my God. That is a- and some of the best compliments I've had are, are from these like incredibly, skilled jazz cast that they're just like man what you're doing is cool i'm like yeah (laughs) so let's let's pull the the specific genre off now to talk to you as a music professional who has made it in children's music doing your thing so let's say that now listening to this podcast is herman and herman lives in New Orleans and Herman is into reggae and he wants to be a reggae children's musician. He wants to take his passion into children's music. So what would you suggest for Herman just out of the gate as far as, well, we're going into it with an identity already intact? Um, well, that that's already uh, 50 steps ahead, okay. knowing what you want to present. Um, I think uh, without sounding too cheesy, like, <laughs> you oh, know, be follow cheesy. the sound. Be cheesy. Oh, it's just okay. us right. and 20 people right. who will ever Here, hear this. <laughs> here's some Gouda. Here's some Gouda for you. I think really you must follow the sounds in your heart. Um, and I'm not just being ridiculous and quoting my own song, but that really is about listening, being the most sincerest you musically. And, and 
preferably if you could be the sincerest you in, in every facet of your life. You know, I feel like that brings the best self forward. So if reggae is what you're hearing in your heart, then do write your reggae, man. And it might, it might not be or feel the best, like the best song ever, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you keep going and you keep writing and just be the truest. And the, the, the more you do it, I find you, you'll find that your voice will become clearer. And so keep going. Do you think that you, if you lived in, oh boy, help me out here. What's a really small town in Kentucky? Do you know any, do you know Kentucky? I don't know Kentucky. I have a friend who lives in Kentucky, but I don't think it's in in a small town. What I'm thinking is, is a a small, a really small market. You live in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. There are lots of people mm-hmm. who have children there, I'm told, and even a few of those like jazz. <laughs> and so the crossover is like you put a poster up, which nobody does, and if somebody reads it, which nobody does, you could be like, hey, I'm at least going to get 50 people just because of the probability of odds of where I am mm-hmm. and the culture. And this is, you know, basically the culture of New York would be like, yeah, sure, jazz for kids. That's great. If you live in a small market, do you think that you could do jazz as successfully in a town that had a hundred thousand people um i mean maybe the thing is like again when you're when your message is clear when your uh view of yourself is clear and that's what you project out people people tend to to want to be part of that you know because there's like less ambiguity now of course if it's in a place where where it's everybody's like retired like it's a retirement kind of community then Mm -hmm. and you're trying to do children's music that's probably not gonna work out Mm -hmm. like delray (laughs) florida you go down to delray florida (laughs) and there are not really many kids there right so mathematically (laughs) like there's like the logical you know stuff like that uh, so you might have to travel a bit. If again, if the image and and the the kind of the message, the 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 view of the self is clear, then then you'll see exactly where you need to be, what feels right. And sometimes that might mean that you will have to travel, maybe an hour out mm-hmm. or something. But but then like you'll start to see where what communities will like embrace you in that, you know, doing what you're doing, your craft. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was something I wanted to say about that. Um, because something funny about small towns is just that, you know, you'll become the hotness of the town because it's small. And then, then you have to go out and you have to break out and, and then you suddenly feel so small again because you were the hotness over there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then, um, but that's, that's the that's the beginning of growth that's how it happens so so even if you do if you have like this little niche of a of a thing that you want to do man embrace it go for it and keep refining it you know along the way when you were looking for like a publicist or uh say a, a producer for your albums things like that being specific in the genre were there were there choices that you were offered you do you think or the choices that you made because you were fixed in a specific style of music um no uh so that's funny i i never thought of it that way like uh you know i because children's music is so that it, it's in itself it's a niche market you know mm-hmm. so as uh if we stay in that area, I'm sure we could find, find the right people. Like I don't like my, my uh, mixing engineer, she doesn't just mix, uh, children's music. <laughs> so it's not like, uh, you know, you wouldn't just look for people who only work in children's, but for publish, uh, for, for PR, definitely that would be the right, the right thing to do. So, um, I did, um, I did all of my own PR a long time and it was when I when I released after big things I realized after releasing that album several months after and I'm like 
I don't think I can do this alone anymore because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just a lot, you know. Um, and of course, having a, a kid who's who's uh, growing and, and needs are changing and all this stuff. I'm like, I, uh, that's when I, for the next, for the album after Big Things, I reached out to, to Stephanie mm-hmm. uh, for Mayer's Consulting. And uh, she's specializes in children's in uh, children and family entertainment. Right. And that definitely like, so, so that's definitely something you can't just hire like any PR. You need want to be versed. You need somebody to be versed who knows like who to send the reviews stuff to and things like that. Right. When you were talking about the, uh, the person that you work with who mixes for you though, you said they weren't in children's music, but they were in jazz. Is that right? No, no, not at all. No. So, um, so the, the studio that, that I've been, um, working at and, uh, so Denise Barbarita is, um, is the engineer and mixing engineer and she's, um, does all kinds of things in her, her studio. I've gone with her wherever she moves. (laughs) She used to, yeah, she used to be in Manhattan she was in uh, some other part in Queens. Now she's in Long, Long Island City in Queens. I just like enjoy enjoy working with her. So it's like it's certainly like with time, you know. Again, we've we've both grown. The 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 sound has become more defined, as you heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, you know, I feel like there's certain things where you have to. You should stay in the genre, like I said, like uh, the PR. You definitely want somebody who does children's. But in terms of like, you know, other things, you don't have to feel so pigeonholed about making sure you get somebody who only does this, you know, or or that. Well, right on. So thank you so much for your time. I mean, I think for me, for me, this, this satisfied my questions about what's jazz, how does that differ? And then getting into specifically, well, how do you, how did you leverage your passion and your sound to become, you know, successful. Obviously, the Grammy win was really cool, but I take a look at your website and I can see all of the performance dates that you have, and it's like you're you're very busy. I mean, you're really a very active musician right now, which is great. You try, yeah. No, that's really <laughs> cool. That's not easy yeah. always to 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 have a lot of gigs lined up and and and. Keep I mean, going. It, it's not, and this is this is what that's that's the the music that's the life that's what you know we create the life that we want to have right like um or try to shape it envision it how we want it and like i remember making a choice just saying this is ridiculous i need to roll out of bed and be making music because that's what my heart wants more than anything and when i went to college i went to school for music um, and I was doing all these arrangements, helping my, my roommates with her re- recital and, and, uh, she was blind. So I used to create charts for her. And, and so I remember feeling it then I was just like, this is what I should be doing. And then I kind of like flailed off after college and then I come back here and I'm, I'm with a child and, and I'm like telling, you know, teaching Darius, I want Darius to know that he needs to work for the thing that he wants and he needs to follow his passion, you know, live the dream, live the life that he wants to live. But I can't just say that. I need to be doing it. So yeah, I made a very conscious choice where I'm just like, I will do this. I will make music even if it's bad. (laughs) 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 I will do the thing. And here, here we are. And this is, uh, and I, I haven't, arrive there's no arriving it's just a journey that that um you know with all these little gems along the way these little morsels of of tasty bits you know uh-huh. so like so we're gonna keep going and we're gonna keep making music and try to do move as many hearts and bring as much joy and resilience as we can ah That's that is goal. awesome and i appreciate the fact that you <laughs> You are, and that you're going to continue to. And I look forward to hearing whatever you come up with in the future. Thank you. Thank you, Lucy. Okay, goodbye, Lucy. I'm totally not stalking you, totally not being creepy, even though I sounded like it during our conversation. (laughs) Okay, so I learned a few things. First off, maybe I was making too much out of this 
The music identification, siloing it a bit more. Maybe it doesn't matter. Lucy's really into jazz. That's what she does. That's what she brings. And it, and it seems people really respond well to that. Children respond well to it. Parents respond well. Totally cool. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe that's what I've learned during this podcast, is that it's from the outside, because I, I think of myself as just, I just do pop. Maybe whimsy, just music, undefinable. doesn't actually fall into any category. But maybe it doesn't matter what category it falls into, as long as you bring the right intent. I definitely believe that Lucy brings the right intent to her music, and, and that's why she obviously has so much joy in it and is successful. She's doing great. So cool to see somebody thrive and succeed in this industry like that. So, lesson learned today, it does not matter what you do as long as you do what you do, do. I said doo-doo. <laughs> oh, look, theme song. Please like my podcast. Send me uh, certificates for a free Starbucks. And we'll next oh! not stalking Lucy. Like, I just want to make that clear. I just, I, I did some research on the internet, listened to her, her music. I've heard her on Kids Place Live for a long time. I like her stuff. It wasn't that I was, uh, oh my God, this is making it sound even creepier. Uh, stop talking. Stop talking. Stop talking. Stop. Sing a song about how we're all the same. How we all like snacks and cuddles. And we all like playing games. We all like to be hugged and loved, tucked in our beds at night. 